Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Friday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. I left off Wednesday with you posing a question. Why would Ahithophel, David's senior political advisor, David's Henry Kissinger, who had been with David from the very beginning, why would Ahithophel betray David by going over to Absalom? That has always puzzled me, but we have an answer. At the end of the story of David, we have a series of flashbacks into earlier times of David's life. In 2 Samuel 23, we have a list of David's mighty men, David's senior officer corps. These are men who have been with David, for the most part, since back at the caves of En tough mercenaries who joined up with him, and they've been together for a long time now. These are men David trusted with his life. These are men who were David's elite bodyguard, who led the army in battle. The list begins in 2 Samuel 23 at verse 24. Among the mighty men were Ashael, the brother of Joab, General Joab, Elhanan, son of Dodo from Bethlehem. David probably grew up with him. And the list goes on to verse 34, where we read, Eliam, son of Ahithophel, the Gilanite. And then the list continues, ending with, and Uriah the Hittite. There were 37 in all. So this list of David's mighty men who have been loyal to him for decades includes Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, and Uriah, the Hittite. Now that should bring a bell to you. If you turn back to 2 Samuel 11, when David spots Bathsheba for the first time, he doesn't know who she is. He sends someone to find out. And the man said, isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he took her. Did you get that? Bathsheba is the wife of Uriah, one of David's mighty men, and the daughter of Eliam. Eliam was the son of Ahithophel, which means that Bathsheba was Ahithophel's granddaughter. Now think of that. David rapes Bathsheba, Ahithophel's granddaughter. And of course, he knew of it because Nathan confronted David publicly in court well, a long time has passed. We had the story of Absalom, the rape of Tamar. Two years pass. David does nothing. Absalom kills Amnon. Goes off to Geshur for three years. Comes back for two. We had a lot of time pass here. And all the while, Ahithophel, serves as David's senior political advisor. All the while, 
knowing what David did to Ahithophel's granddaughter. Yes, she had a son who died, then a son Solomon. But Ahithophel stewed over this. He is serving the man from back in the days of Angedi, back in the outlaw days. And David did this? And when he got the chance, when Absalom rebelled against David, Ahithophel joined him in the rebellion. Well, that's bad news for David, that's for sure. And we'll see that as our story continues with 2 Samuel chapter 16. When David had gone a short distance beyond the summit, that is beyond the Mount of Olives, now going down the backside toward Jericho, there was Ziba, the steward of Mephibosheth, waiting to meet him. Remember Mephibosheth? Jonathan's crippled son that David took in. Ziba, Mephibosheth's steward, was waiting to meet them. He had a string of donkeys saddled, loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 cakes of raisins, 100 cakes of figs, and a skin of wine. And the king asked Ziba, Why have you brought these? And Ziba answered, The donkeys are are for the king's household to ride on. The bread and fruit are for the men to eat, and the wine is to refresh those who become exhausted in the desert. The king then asked, Where's your master's grandson? Ziba said to him, He's staying at the palace in Jerusalem because he thinks today the house of Israel will give me back my grandfather's kingdom. His grandfather Saul. So Mephibosheth thought David would kill him, but David took him in where he could keep an eye on him. He promised Jonathan he'd take care of Jonathan's family, and he has, but as in the Godfather, keep your friends close, your enemies closer. And now, sure enough, Mephibosheth stays behind because he thinks Absalom will give Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, all the land that belonged to King Saul. The king said to Ziba, all that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. David realized Mephibosheth has betrayed him. I humbly bow, Ziba said. May I find favor in your eyes, my lord the king. So as David approached Baharim, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gera, and he cursed as he came out. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones and through all, uh, all the troops and the special guard were on David's right and left. He cursed. Shimei said, Get out! Get out, you man of blood, you scoundrel! The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. You have come to ruin, you man of blood. Get out! And Shimei, that little weasel Shimei, is pelting David with rocks and dung. Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Oh, they'll cut his head off. The king said, What do you and I have in common, sons of Zariah? If he's cursing, because the Lord said to him, Curse David, who can ask, why do this? David 
is so distressed. God's cursing me. What did Nathan say? God will bring calamity upon you. And look at what's happening to David. Let, let him curse. David then said to Abishai and all his officials, my son, who is my own flesh, is trying to take my life. How much more than this ridiculous little Benjamite, this little weasel? Leave him alone. Let him curse. The Lord's told him to do it. It may be the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing I'm receiving now. So David and his men continued along the road, all the while Shimei pelting them with dung and rocks and cursing. The king and all the people with him arrived at their destination, exhausted. And there he refreshed himself. They arrived in Jericho. And there they pause, a 17-mile flight from Jerusalem, 2,500 feet above sea level, to Jericho, 900 feet below. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with him. Then Hushai the archite, David's friend, went to Absalom and said, Long live the king! Long live the king! This is the man David told to stay behind as a plant, to overhear what goes on in the palace. Absalom said to Hushai, Is this the love you show your friend, my father? Why don't you go with him? Hushai said to Absalom, No, the one chosen by the Lord, by these people, by all the men of Israel, his I will be, and I will remain with him. Furthermore, Whom should I serve? Should I not serve the son, just as I serve the father? So I will serve you. Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give us your advice. What should we do? Ahithophel answered, Absalom is in Jerusalem unopposed. He was expecting a fight. All right, now we're here. What do I do? Ahithophel, what's your advice? Ahithophel answered, Lie with your father's concubines, whom he left to take care of the palace. Then all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench in your father's nostrils, and the hands of everyone with you will be strengthened. Have sex with your father's concubines, in public. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and he had sex with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. That's crossing the Rubicon. There's no going back after that. Now in those days, the advice Ahithophel gave was like that of one who inquires of God. Ahithophel, a brilliant senior political advisor to David, and grandfather of Bathsheba. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of Ahithophel's advice. Sleep with your father's concubines. Now you remember back in 2 Samuel chapter 12, 
when Nathan confronted David. You are the man. And this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. And this is what the Lord says, out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret. I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Well, it's just come to pass. Ahithophel, sleep with your father's concubines. Have sex with them in broad daylight before all of Israel. Ethphil said to Absalom, Furthermore, I would choose 12,000 men and set out tonight in pursuit of David. I would attack him while he is weary and weak. I would strike him with terror, and then all the people with him will flee. I would strike down only the king and bring all the people back to you. The death of the man you seek will mean the return of all. All the people will be unharmed. This plan seemed good to Absalom and to all the elders of Israel. And indeed, that would be a good plan for Absalom. Go now. Chase him down the road to Jericho. He's distraught. He's not thinking clearly. He's weeping. Kill him in his bed and bring the men back. But Absalom said, summon Hushai the archites. We can hear what he has to say. When Hushai came to him, Absalom said, Ahithophel has given this advice. Should we do what he says? If not, give us your opinion. Hushai replied to Absalom, The advice Ahithophel has given is not good this time. You know your father and his men. They are fighters and as fierce as a wild bear robbed of her cubs. Because your father is an experienced fighter, he will not spend the night with the troops. Even now, he's hidden in a cave or some other place. If he should attack your troops first, whoever hears about it will say, there's been a slaughter among the troops who follow Absalom. Then even the bravest soldier whose heart is like the heart of a lion will melt with fear for all Israel knows that your father is a fighter and that those with him are brave. So I advise you, let all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, coast to coast, north to east, uh, south, as numerous as a sand on the seashore, be gathered to you. Raise all the men you can find from the furthest point north to the furthest point south in Israel. Gather them to you, with you leading them in battle. Then we will attack him wherever he may be found and will fall on him as dew settles on the ground. Overwhelm him, swarm him with numbers. 
Neither he nor his men will be left alive. And if he withdraws into a city, then all Israel will bring hope, uh, ropes to that city and drag it down to the valley. Not a piece of it will be found. Absalom and all the men of Israel said the advice of Hushai the archite is better than that of Ahithophel. For the Lord had determined to frustrate the good advice of Ahithophel in order to bring disaster on Absalom. Now Hushai told Zadok and Abiathar the priests, Ahithophel has advised Absalom and the elders of Israel to do such and such. I've advised them to do so and so. Now, send a message immediately and tell David, do not spend the night at the fords in the desert down at Jericho. Cross over the river without fail, or the king and all the people with him will be swallowed up. Remember, Hushai is one of David's plants. Hushai knew that if Absalom followed Ahithophel's advice and murdered David in his bed, Absalom would be king and bring the man to him. This is a stalling tactic. Hushai wins the day. Tell David, do not spend the night at the fords in the desert. Cross over into the eastern mountain range. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz were staying in Enrogal. A servant girl was to go and inform them, and they were to go and tell King David, for they could not risk being seen entering a city. But the young man saw them and told Absalom. So the two of them left quickly and went to the house of a man in Baharim, where that little weasel Shimei was from. He had a well in his courtyard. They climbed down into it. His wife took a cover and spread it over the opening of the well and scattered grain over it. No one knew anything about it. And when Absalom's men came to the woman at the house, they asked, Where are Ahimaaz and Jonathan? The woman answered, Oh, they crossed, they, they, they crossed over. They're, they're long gone. The men searched, found no one, so they returned to Jerusalem. So after the men had gone, the two climbed out of the well and went to inform King David. And they told him, what was going to happen. So, how will David deal with this? Why did David leave Jerusalem without a fight? David's men are like mother bears whose cubs are stolen. They are fierce warriors. They go back all the way to the outlaw days. Why did David leave without a fight? Because David knew if he confronted Absalom in battle, when push came to shove, it would be David versus Absalom. And David would kill his own son. Instead, David walked away from the fight, disgraced, weeping bitterly, that his own son, the son he most loved, the son he would choose to be king, was trying to take David's life. Betrayed David, fundamentally and profoundly. Well, what will David do? There's going to be a fight, that's for sure. And one of them will come out on top. We'll find out which one on Monday. Hey, thanks for being with me all this week, you guys. 
I look forward to it every to every week, uh, recording these podcasts and telling stories with you and uh, and just sharing a, a real joy and love of Scripture of the Word of God. I know you love it too, cause well, here you are listening, and here I am talking. This is great. Okay, have a good weekend, and I'll be back with you on Monday. Bye bye now.